Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You stand in anticipation? To all the guests, just hang in there now. Hang in there now. What you're going to hear this morning is something you don't hear in church, just like you don't hear the Constitution in the U.S. anymore. This is what you're going to hear. If you get bothered by anything, it's going to be this. Don't let it bother you. It's coming for you anyway. Don't let it bother you. Just jump right into it. Embrace it. Receive it. Accept it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of your worship. He's worthy of your acceptance. He's worthy of you giving him another chance. Do it this morning. You guys don't have this verse in the back. I had this last second. See how good you are. Maybe you can get it fast. Matthew 27. 51 through 53. Love all you guys that serve in the back. I'm giving you an extra 10 seconds while I tell you that I love you. Matthew 27, 51 through 53. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn, which is a physical impossibility for any human being, even with machines, impossible. Was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. Everyone thinks it was just Jesus. It wasn't just Jesus. Lots and lots of other people came out of the ground. Lots of other people came out of tombs and graves. That day, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection... They went into the holy city and and appeared to many. Whenever you are dealing with Jesus, you are dealing with life. He can't do anything but install life. Even when you get torn down this morning, because if you're in this church, you're going to be demoed a little. That is only so that you can be resurrected. You can't, listen, you can't raise from the dead that which refuses to say that they're dead. You can't be resurrected unless you know you need to be. Come to him broken and contrite. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken and contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Look at the promises of God when you will just come to him broken and contrite. It's Lord, I'm ready to receive. I know that guy up there in his pastel green shirt that his wife forced him to wear. He's yelling, listen, don't worry about the delivery. Worry about the truth. I'm not gonna change. I can't change for you. God's not calling me to change for you. Listen to the words and see if it is correct. Taste and see. Taste and see if God is good. So let's talk about resurrection. The Tom Lightley way. It's really not the Tom Lightley way. 
I just, what I mean is, I'm not soft pedaling anything. Not in the whole back. Let's talk about resurrection. Let's talk about the dead coming to life. You know, one day, your body's gonna, if it's the rapture, then we'll just come, we'll go in this body. No matter what, you go in this body. And one way or another, you'll get a new one. But one way or the other, the body's going up. If you're six feet under, the body's coming out. And you'll receive your new body. Everybody's coming out of the graves. Do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Resurrection's gonna happen. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Tom, that is not what they say in church anymore. That's what the Bible is, though. What church have you been going to? Do not marvel at this. For all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. That's not what they teach me at my art church, my hyper grace church, my man or human love church. What I just told you is love. That's love. Be brought back to life this morning. Some of you are like, Tom, I'm saved. I'm a foundation church person. You beat me to death every week. The combination, as Eddie Cruz says, the combination of both a baseball bat and a hug all at the same time. I guarantee you there are areas of your life that need to come back to life. Will you not with me acknowledge that this morning? Will you not join with me this morning and say, you know what, that's me. There's areas of my life that are dead that need to be brought back to life. Some of you haven't had a heart-to-heart with your spouse in a decade. Your marriage is dead. It needs to come back to life. Bring Jesus in. Just like I read to you out of Matthew 27, 51 through 53, when Jesus is there, dead bodies come out of the graves. Dead marriages come back to life. He can't do anything but bring life. Let's talk about resurrection, end times resurrection, and even life application resurrection. Romans 4, 17. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. People will think you are insane. I've dealt with that this week. You know what you do with people who think you are insane? Ignore them. If they come up and confront you, you give them the word of God. People will think you are crazy. And here's the thing. What's the saddest part? The saddest part about that is Christians will think you're crazy if you stand in the word of God. If you, if you believe that a dead man is supposed to raise from the dead, that the Christians will call you crazy first. They'll knock worldly people out of the way to call you crazy. So, you know, we all need to use wisdom. I'll use the wisdom that is from above. Out of James chapter 3, verse 17. Not worldly wisdom. I'll use the wisdom that is from above, which is crazy. For the preaching of the cross is foolishness unto them. It's foolish unto the world. For since in the wisdom of the world, the world through wisdom didn't even know God. And in the world comes up, the church espouses the world's wisdom. And they don't even know God. So you're going to use people who don't know God's wisdom? 
Let them think you're crazy. They thought Jesus was crazy too. They said he was full of a demon. The religious elite of the day said that Jesus is full of a demon. Let them say what they want to say. Stand. Stand in the midst of it all. Dead man, come out of that grave. Come on. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. You gotta be crazy to call things that are not as though they were. They'll look at you like you're crazy. Let them look. Let them look and let them see the goodness of the Lord. Let them see the miraculous power of the Lord. Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. How many of you have been limping for too long? How many of you have been aching and in pain for too long? He wants that fixed today. It's Resurrection Sunday. I'll lay hands on you today. You don't, you don't need me. You can receive it right where you're at, but I'll lay hands on you today. Now, here's where it'll go a little bit more my style. You ready? That was all the easy stuff. That was the soft pedal portion of the message. <laughs> There's a war that's going on, and you must choose sides. But, Tom, I've been told over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve that it's an attribute to be neutral. You're never neutral. People who think they're neutral are just simply conquered and don't know it. Switzerland is never actually neutral. It's just whatever invading army wants to have their way with them, they do. Oh, we're, we're claiming neutrality. That's why you're occupied by Nazi Germany. You're never actually neutral. You have to choose sides. No, that's, just, that's not an attribute. Yes, it is. You have to choose sides. I'm not talking about choosing sides in ignorance. If you have two relatives that are fighting, look at me, friend to friend, don't choose sides. <laughs> Those are two people. Unless you know everything there is to know about the entire situation, and believe me, I know how this works. You ask the police officers that are in this room, go handle police calls. For 25 years, you, you go into a room, you don't choose sides, you just listen to the information and make the best judgment you can. There's so many sides to so many different situations, it's impossible when you're dealing with human beings to choose sides all the time. Sometimes you can, sometimes it's blatantly obvious. You go into a room and a husband has, has knocked his wife's teeth out, pretty much got an idea of who's at fault. Teeth on the floor, not good for you. But when it comes to God, you have to choose. You can't be in the middle. You'll hate one and love the other. Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and the world. That's what mammon means, the worldly system. You can't. Some of you, for your health, you depend on supplements. Seaweed. <laughs> kelp. Somebody shout out some other ones, because I don't think, what? 
My wife has no idea what she's talking about. My wife yells out berries. See how many supplements there are in our house. You depend on that. You get up in the morning. You get your liver and whey shake. Wash down with some kelp and seaweed. Non-GMOs or whatever it is. Whatever, whatever, you, you depend on yourself for your health. You're choosing a side. You'll love one and hate the other. I choose God for all areas of my life. Finances, health, marriage, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, I choose God. Because here's the thing, going back to health, if you choose yourself, You'll despise God. You'll end up mocking God. I've seen it. Well, I know that you guys are believing for that, but you know what? If you just take a little bit better care of yourself, and believe me, I know that there's a balance. I know that if you live on Krispy Kremes, I know there's a balance. But if you go down the swirling toilet of self-sufficiency, that it's just going to be you and you're going you're gonna to be healthy because you're drinking the right thing, eating the right thing. There's all kinds of people that do that and drop dead. You'll end up mocking God. It's, listen, the Bible is always true. No man can serve two masters. You can't. You can't. A house divided against itself cannot stand. You have to choose. It will turn to loving one and or hating the other. That is the way that it is. So choose God. Choose God. You must choose sides. And by the way, he knows which side you've chosen. And again, you can part and parcel this out in your life. How, who's in charge of your marriage? No man can serve two masters. Is it Marriage conferences, is it those sappy statements that people make about each other on Facebook, and I know them personally, and I know they hate each other, but every single anniversary? It's just like I say to, to modern-day politicians who say one thing, and then say one thing, and then, another, and then the next day say another. I'm like, do you not realize that everything's videotaped? For the people who put out those long, sappy things on Facebook, I just want to say today, on the, on the 12th anniversary of the greatest day of my life, when I met my beautiful bride, she walked down the aisle like an angelic being. As a matter of fact, she was like the four living creatures, each having six wings. And I'm like, you two were in my office last month saying it's over. Do you choose? See, those are people who are Lord over their marriage. And they end up hating God being Lord over their marriage. It's not a matter of all the times of, of just everything or everything. It's part and parcel of life. You can have God as Lord over your finances, but not Lord over your health. Lord over your marriage, but not Lord over your career. Quiet and here. Somebody, listen, how many other type A wonderlands are out there? I'm type A. I'm a control freak. 
I'm weird too about being a control freak because I'm only a control freak about that which I care about and I care about very few things. <laughs> Seriously, I hardly care about anything. But the things that I care about, I'm a control freak. Ask them about the podcast. Podcasts will go my way. I have my little, my little cough drops out, positioned, my water to the right. Anything goes off. At first I yell at Aaron, then I apologize. They move from one screen, Aaron's like, hey, listen now. He comes to me, you know, you know you're type A when people come to you and they have to like kind of water it down for you. They have to like, they have to lay the groundwork for you. Hey, listen, would you be open to me moving the screen slightly to your left? So for all the rest of you type A's, know that there's a type A talking to you. But you like to control things, understand that there's a word for that and it's called lordship. You have to release. Let go or get dragged. Let go. And never understand those cops. You're like, man, what is this guy talking about? Whatever comes into this beautiful mind comes, I just say it. I never understand there's other cops in this room, cops I know well that are in this room. And since I know this has not happened to any of them, I can speak freely. Although even if it did happen to them, I'd still speak freely. I never understand why cops end up allowing somebody to drag them by their car. I'm like, let go. Who cares? <laughs> go off. We'll catch you later. I already have your, if I pulled you over, I've already got your tag. I already know who you are. I'll go swear out a warrant for you. I'm not going to hold on to your car while you drag me down the road. <laughs> I'm good. Release. To let go, if you, listen, if you're Lord over an area of your life, understand you're not qualified. Tom, you don't know my IQ and education. In comparison to Yahweh, who created your IQ, who created the education that's not demonic, you have to choose sides, and God knows what side you're on, and that stipulates the level of blessing in your life because of your belief or unbelief. Well, you know what, I don't tithe. Okay, well just understand the devourer's not being rebuked on your behalf. The vine is failing, and there's not a storehouse that's overflowing. You can go to heaven without tithing, but just understand you're missing out on all those things. God knows what side that you're on. Proverbs 15, 11. Death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of men? He already knows. Those of you that, I can, I'm looking around the room right now, I don't see, the, those of you think I ignore you in the first couple rows, I don't, I just can't see you. If you're about five rows back, I'm looking at all your faces. And I see, I watch for your reactions. And how you react oftentimes stipulates how I preach. But the opposite of what you want. If you look mad, I stay in that vein. Because at least, I, listen, I'm working a nerve. It's affective preaching. You're not bored. It's keeping you awake. You know you can't sleep when you're mad. <laughs> so death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more all of our hearts, he already knows. He already knows. He knows exactly where you're at today. 
Exactly what you're thinking. Exactly what side you're on. He, and, and, and that's in totality and in specific areas of your life. He knows what side you're on. He already knows. He knows what side you're on as far as church is concerned. Will you go to my church or your church? How quiet it is in here? Which one will you go to? Most people will go to the one that's comfortable. It's not challenging. They wouldn't dare quote Matthew 5, 28 and 29 about those being resurrected and those who do good unto life and those who, who do evil under eternal damnation. They would never hear that in their church. So it doesn't work the nerve. I'm going to go to that church. Okay, if you go to a church where you're, listen, you should go into your church every Sunday morning with butterflies. You should have butterflies in your belly. I won't go to a church that doesn't. This is my favorite church on the planet right here. But the other churches that I go to, which are just basically two, which is Revival Today in Pittsburgh and the River Church in Tampa, I go into those, I got butterflies in my belly. What are those two maniacs gonna confront me with today? <laughs> Deuteronomy 30:19. Those of you that don't think it's a choice, every day is a choice. Every second is a choice. Hour by hour, second by second, minute by minute, you choose whether or not to take thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ or not. For those of you that are already offended in this room, actually take the thought captive and bring it to the word of God. You probably have a device. I will not be offended. Take, go to your device right now and see if what, am I, what I'm saying is true or not. I challenge you. Please do. I call heaven and earth, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your kids, your descendants, will live. Some of you are adults and your kids are out of the house. It's got nothing to do with whether or not they're your kids. They're your kids. What are you gonna do if they're 41, they're 41? If they're 19, why'd you ever send them to the University of Florida or any other university like that? Send, I'll give you a very small list of universities they should attend. Thank you. Why, why would you go send your kid to be indoctrinated by Satan? That's the time of their life. That's, you know, that's where everybody, why is it everybody's time of their life? Because they get drunk and have sex outside of marriage, catch chlamydia, catch gonorrhea. Why would you send your kid there? I'm not against education. I mean, I'm, I'm against stupid education. I'm against my own education. I'm trying to remember what my degree's in. Bachelor, yeah, it's, it's in criminal justice, but I'm like, it's a bachelor of, bachelor of arts. I don't remember one thing, nothing. Basically, it was a football degree. How can I, let me take the easiest classes possible so that I can be on the football team. A degree in football, that's taken me a long way in life. You gotta choose. Well, you know what, all of our neighbors, they just think it's the greatest thing in the world. I'll pick on other schools so you don't think I'm just against the Gators. I mean, you know, I, all of our other neighbors think it's great that our kid's going to FSU, or I'll pick up my own school, UCF. It's just the greatest thing in the world. Why is it so great? How does that measure up with the word of God? So who's Lord? 
Who's Lord? You'll end up hating God over it in that area of life. Well, you know, we trust the Bible in all areas except the indoctrination of my children. You're welcome. (laughs) You have to choose sides. Here's another one. Will you choose your heart and your mind or God Almighty? I mean, I know all the songs. Follow your heart. Trust your heart. I believe his heart is good. Is that remotely true? You hear me preach this all the time out of Jeremiah chapter 17. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? A, you don't know your heart. B, it's deceitful and desperately wicked. That's a trifecta of hell. And you're gonna trust your feelings and your emotions? I'm offended right now. He's told people they're going to hell. Well, should you trust those feelings? Or should you trust the word of God? You'll love one and hate the other. You're like, Tom, what does this have to, has to have to do with resurrection? I'll show you. You'll see it in a minute. It's all about choices. You will have to choose size. Will you choose your mind? Which ruins everything in your life. The mind is a tool. It's not a master. It's not a Lord. It's a tool. It ruins everything in your life. Every area of my life that I put, put under the lordship of my mind is a federal disaster area that the Biden administration would never respond to. You're welcome again. For those of you that brought your relatives this morning, great job bringing them. Seriously. Whether they ever come back or not, well, if they listen to the Holy Ghost, they'll be back. If you listen to the Holy Ghost, you'll be back. If you listen to your feelings or your religion, we are, this is a no religion zone. It's pure gospel, pure Bible, pure Holy Ghost. That's it. Now, Tom, if it was pure gospel, it would be really soft. And really, do you, would you ever read the Bible? I mean, if it's gospel, we're talking about the Bible, right? For the word of God's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even through the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Does that sound soft to you? That's just Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. That's the Bible. That's the gospel. That's the real gospel of Jesus. You have to choose size. Romans 7, 23. Now we're talking about will you choose your mind? Will you choose your heart? Or will you choose the Holy Ghost? But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I took it to 25. Romans 8, 7, and 8, 8. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. That's just the carnal mind, a mind that depends on itself. Again, I tell you, no man can serve two masters. If your mind is Lord, then it's hostile toward God. And that's written to the church in Rome. The verse before, well, the verse out of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, was written to the church in Jerusalem, to Christian people. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You can't please God. You have to choose. No man can serve two masters. He will hate one, and he will love the other. 
period. You will choose the soulish realm or you'll choose the spiritual realm. Soulish realm of thoughts, minds, uh, thoughts, mindsets, feelings, and emotions or what the Holy Ghost says. And the Holy Ghost, out of John chapter 16, verse 13, preaches the word. Quiet in here. In case there was any question about whether or not we're in a war, I want to show you these verses. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The things that you're seeing right now, don't pin them on a person. Are, are, there, are there despicable people? Of course. We can, we can name the names up here. I have them floating through my mind right now, but I'm actually trying to be a little bit more sensitive to visitors. How long that will last, it's 11.22. I'll be preaching for about another 40 minutes. I don't know if I'll make it. But I'm gonna try. I, I even, even though I drop names all the time, I don't blame them. I blame them in that they make their own decisions. But the influence is the antichrist spirit, the prince of the power of the air, the devil. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. We're not violent people. The only people, the only people that are violent are the ones who are calling us violent. Said there's supposed to be a transgender genocide. The only people committing genocide are the transgenders. We're not violent. I'm not a violent person. People think I am. Man, he's confrontational. No, I'm not. I ignore everything. Seriously. I mean, I, I just, I live my life. I don't, I don't go up to my neighbors, neighbors and confront their sin. If they ask me, I'll tell them. Some of them have made that mistake. <laughs> if you're living with your boyfriend and you come up to me and say, hey, Tom, heaven bound or hell bound? <laughs> hell bound. Oh, my gosh, it almost dropped a preacher's name. who was on Larry King. who was asked the same question. Homosexuality, sin or not? Well, you know, I'm not the judge. Oh, really? <laughs> Correct. But you are to preach the judgment. You're even told in John 20, 23 that if you forgive sins, they're forgiven. If you don't, they're retained. And you're not the judge? Whoops! I know there's one person clapping. You're afraid to clap. I, whoever that is, I love you. Seriously. It's clapping the word. It's John 20, 23. How is it that we can forgive sins? We don't actually forgive sins. We just tell them that they're forgiven or they're not. You, spiritual man makes judgments at all times. 1 Corinthians 2, 15. So if I'm asked the question, as this pastor was asked on Larry King Live, is homosexuality a sin? yes. Where do you get that from? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. There you go. Done. I, I'm not, this will bother some of you. I'm not even, dis, I know it's gonna bother you. I'm not even disgusted by it. I'm not disgusted by homosexuality. I'm not. It's just sin. It's just sin. Why are you disgusted by that and you're not disgusted by your porn use? How, would I, how, how, many, how many of you would love somebody to film you? Like, you know how they film them, all the homosexuals down in Key West film themselves at Fantasy Fest? You're like, what kind of church did I walk into? 
<laughs> you think that that's any more repulsive than your porn use? And I've looked at plenty of porn. I'm not looking, I'm not disgusted by it. How can I, who have been chief among sinners, be disgusted by sin that I committed? It's gone from me now. God's, God's up in heaven right now going, what is he talking about? What's sin? It's been removed from me. I'm not even a sinner saved by grace. I'm an unrecognizable for, former sinner to God. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 102, 13, right? So that, 103, 12. Instead of mixed up the, the numbers there. 103, 12. He doesn't recognize anymore, but that is, I don't have the right to be disgusted by sin. I don't have that right. We need, we need to be holding ourselves to accountability via the word. Not via anything else. So you preach the word. So back to what I was saying is, yes, there's a war going on, but it's not with people. It's not even with Klaus Schwab. In the world, I could told you I wouldn't make it. It's not even against the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum, I'm gonna, I'll tell you this flat out. If we were allowed in Davos, Switzerland, for next year's meeting, and we went there, say it was all of us in this room, just say we went there, and we just held church services outside, they wouldn't stand. They couldn't take it. There was no competition. There'd be people leaving their meetings and coming to us. That's why everything that's evil has walls around it saying nobody allowed in. Not allowed to see through the windows. Everybody can come in here. You gotta get, you gotta get a pass. You gotta be fingerprinted. You gotta have a background check to get into that. Not us. If we set up there, they wouldn't be able to compete. That's why we're not allowed in Davos. We wouldn't, allowed to, we wouldn't be given a permit in Davos. They can't compete. But we're not warring against those fleshly people. We're warring against the spirit behind those fleshly people. And that spirit, and by the way, it's not much of a war. It's really like the United States military, when they unleash it, Versus the Taliban. You got a bunch of guys with M1 rifles. And are just evaporated by a heat-seeking missile. They don't even see where it came. There's no plane. Where'd that thing go? Well, I don't know. It's way up there. You can't even see it. That's how, that's how close the battle is. It's not close. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Here's the thing, you can't participate in a stronghold and pour it down and take it down. You can't participate in it. We wanna silence you. We wanna muzzle you. We wanna shut your churches down. You're like, Tom, COVID's over, the next thing's coming, and by the way, it's not over yet. You can't participate. You can't, you can't comply to the thing you're supposed to be restraining. 
You can't be part of a stronghold that you're, pull, that, you're, that you're pulling down. That's a house divided against yourself. You'll end up loving one and hating the other. It's exactly what we've seen over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him and enlisted him as a soldier. Now, most people are totally and completely entangled in the affairs of this life. You've heard me now. You're like, this guy is just constantly coming down upon me. <laughs> Listen to the transparency before you get offended. Listen to it. I am 54 years old, 54 and a half years old. I, until I met, and I'm, listen, I give people the glory and the respect that they're due. Not glory as in worship. I give them what they're due. Until I met Rodney Howard Brown, I was, I was wasting my ministry. Tom, you were in ministry a long time before that. Yeah, I've known him for three years. This is the 18th year of this church. You're like, what are you, what are you talking about? You wasted. I'm telling you. If you're, if you're gonna feel bad about me telling you that you're entangled up with the affairs of this life, remember the verse, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself up with the affairs of this life. That's all I did. You can entangle yourself up with affairs inside the church that, the, that are the affairs of this life. I'll start hearing stuff that's going on Sometimes around here, I'm like, don't want to hear it. Well, you know, this person, they just were, you know, they got very upset today because um, when they went into the lobby, um, the sticker machine didn't work. (laughs) And they stormed out. I'd like to take a ball of those stickers. I'm just like, that's, that's getting entangled up with the affairs of this life. This person at Foundation Church is mad at that person at Foundation Church. Well, you know what? There's Bible verses about this. Why don't you simply open them up? It's called Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. Between thee and him alone. Don't call the pastor's wife. Don't call me. I'm not answering anyway. You don't want me to answer. Believe me, you don't want me to answer it. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. Why is it that you've even told anybody else? Well, I just, you know, I just noticed that so-and-so doesn't look at me anymore. You're so immature. I mean, seriously, you're 54 years old. I'm using, my own, I'm using my own age. And that still bothers you? They just walk past me and act like I wasn't there. Who cares? It happens to me all the time. I'm hoping that the people that are getting up right now are going to the bathroom. I get rejected all the time. I just tell myself. <laughs> I get rejected all the time. People I've spent years in ministry with come up and say, you know what? The people in Tennessee are just so much nicer. We're leaving. 
okay, well, all right. Nothing bad about it, nothing mean or anything, but you're, I mean, it's a rejection. Not, not just to me, but the entire state of Florida. You just get, listen, you're entangled with the affairs of this life. And I've wasted 50 years doing that. I mean, total and complete, nothing is total and complete. But I wasted a lot of years that way, entangled with the affairs of this life. And I couldn't please him who enlisted me as a soldier. And when I met Rodney R. Brown, it turned around, I had guidance in my life. And I listened, I listened. Listen, this is gonna shock some of you. I'm not real great at listening. I'm a little willful. Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world called the prince of the power of the air, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now here's where we get, now is there any question in the room today, not that anybody would say anything, that we are in a war. Well, I choose not to participate. You're just conquered. You're Switzerland. Congratulations. You have Nazi occupiers right now, literally and figuratively. Here's where resurrection begins. Will you join the war? About 40 people out of 700. See, that's, that's one of the things that I learned from Rodney R. Brown. He used to just preach over it, now I let everybody sit in it. Let them sit in the very fact that they're not excited about a war. See, still nobody excited. Everyone just wants to relax. You're already conquered. You're compliant. It's like... Noah Harari from the World Economic Forum. He said that people like you and I, we need, they just need to give us drugs and video games. Because we're useless people. Because we refuse implants. We refuse to be vaccinated with nanochip particles and various other things. You're like, oh, that's all right-wing conspiracy theory. You don't, you don't read anything coming from the left. You don't read anything. You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. CBDC currency starts in July in the United States. Don't worry, though. It's just for bank transactions for now. They always keep their word. See that? If you don't know those things, you're in a war without any armor on. You're buck naked. You're in a war whether you like it or not. It's just a matter of whether or not you'll be conquered. If you don't acknowledge it, you're already conquered. Here's how we come back to life. How many of you want to come back to life? If you're like me, will you just simply acknowledge, yes, I've wasted decades. You can't, again, you can't serve two masters. One thing's true, one thing's not. If you've wasted decades, it's true. If you don't acknowledge it, then you're, just, you're not serving what's true. You're serving what's not true. And you will not be able to serve two masters, so you will hate one, and the one you hate will be the truth. So you acknowledge it, like me. It's like me. You acknowledge it. It's not going to change anyway. 
Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Isaiah 6, 8, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Just so you know, though, just so you know, when you say, here am I, send me, that's not on your terms. Where and who will he send you to? Wherever he sends you will be the happiest place in the world for you. I'm telling you. People are always so scared. What if he sends me to Zimbabwe? You're serving two masters. You're going to hate God. Who cares where he sends you? Listen, I don't like to fly. Me no likey to fly. You know why? Because I'm a control freak. I like to be in control. That flying up and around. Hey, I'm not piloting the plane. I'm just sitting on this thing while somebody else pilots it. Up in the air, 30,000 feet in the air. I don't like it. Aaron's laughing because Aaron likes it. Aaron has no soul. Aaron has no fear. Seriously, he doesn't. He doesn't care. (laughs) I've told this story a thousand times, but it's one of my favorite stories in the world. It's very short. It's 10 seconds long. This is how Aaron dealt with COVID. He shopped, he had to shop at Walmart like the rest of us. They're all running up to you. You know, like a, a band of spider monkeys with their masks in their hands. Oh, sir, 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 would you put a mask on? Aaron would just walk in. He had a, he had a patented move. Nope. <laughs> he didn't care. I admire that about him. I admire it. He was looking, when we were flying together recently, we went out to Jonathan's board meeting. And they look over at me kind of mockingly, like, you scared, are you? When we were flying, I'm like, I'm freaking scared. But you don't know where, listen, I don't like to fly, but I've flown more over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve. Yes, I'm saying that on purpose. It's called propaganda. It's called the right Propaganda. I've flown more over the last three years than the previous 30 years combined. Why? Because I went where God told me to go. Rodney Howard Brown calls you up and says, hey, want to go to Dallas? Okay. (laughs) Going down to Miami tonight, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Going to Pittsburgh tonight, we want to go? Yeah, I'll go. And you know what, inside I'm going, I don't want to (laughs) go. I'm scared. But you don't know. When you say, here am I, send me. He sent me to the church that's the most uncomfortable church on the planet for me. Riding out to the river church? Me? Who's basically was just a Baptist on steroids? He sends me to the, the pinnacle of Pentecostal? Overnight? Here my Lord, send me. All right, here you go. Enjoy, numb nuts. So for the last three years of my life, 
I've sat in services and my eyes are like this. So, and listen, I have a tendency to struggle with pride. And how many times have I crawled on the ground at the River Church? You get it blasted to the ground by the Holy Ghost, and you got a, your shirt's untucked, my fish belly, white belly sticking out, because they don't get to me in time with the blankets. And I go crawling back on my hands and knees on the AstroTurf. I went to see Jonathan in Naples, and he brought me forward. He said, hey, Pastor Tom, I want to pray over you right now. I'm in the middle of the service. I'm like, oh. So I go up there, and there's hundreds of people there. And all I remember is this pink jacket, and I'm going like this. And I'm fused to the carpet. And I'm... Crawling back to crawling back to my chair. It's okay. We got it. It's okay. It's okay. It's just somebody. We got it. We know what's going on. It's all good. Everybody's welcome at Foundation Church. Yeah. See, people think things are things. There's things, and then there's spiritual things. Let me show you this list. We are in a war. Will you come back to life and fight it? There we go. We're warming up. The skids are greased. People think that things are things. There are devils and there are things driven by devils. There are things that have learned from devils. Where do you get this from? Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? How did that sentence start? Look at it up there. Oh, it's not, it's right here? There we go. I get confused. Aaron runs the show in here. I have no idea what he's doing. He just does a great job, but I don't know what he's doing. How does that sentence start? Who, not what. There are things, and then there are demonic spirits. And there's things that learn from demonic spirits. Spirits. There are things that have heritage value from demonic spirits. In other words, there are families that are based in learning from demons, and they don't even know it. Families of addiction. Families of depression, families of anxiety have learned that from demons somewhere. It may not be you, it may not be mom, it may not be grandma, but it was great-grandma. And it's passed down. You got a war against it. You got to come alive. Be resurrected today. Revelate, uh, Romans 8, 35-37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? That's a person. Shall hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword? All demonic spirits. Those are who's, not what's. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered, knowing all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You're conquering a who, not a what. So you're thinking, Tom, once again, where's the resurrection in all this? Well, ask yourself. See, what I do, not, you have to be careful now. Don't fall into paralysis of self-analysis. But examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. 
2 Corinthians 13, 5. And again, that can be overall, am I saved or am I not? Or am I in the faith with my job? Am I in the faith with my finances, my marriage, my church? Am I in the faith? So examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Am I in this war or am I not? Well, do you speak in terms of, here's the quotes, weapons of our warfare? Is that part of your daily vernacular? See how quiet it is in here? It's okay. Listen, listen. It's okay as long as you acknowledge it. If you're going to keep pretending, which is our whole society does that now. Everybody pretends. We're, we're going to pretend that women are men and men are women. We're going to pretend like a 0.1% death rate virus is the bubonic plague. We're all going to pretend. Don't pretend. Don't live in denial. Ask yourself, do I think in terms of the weapons of our warfare? Every day. I can't live like that. Then listen, you're, you're asleep. Be resurrected today. There are lives around you that depend on it. You think in terms of, back to, back to 2 Timothy 2.4, engaged in warfare? Will we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world? We need to get, we need to get a permit in Davos. Rodney Howard Brown has already reserved the stadium in Cape Town. I don't like how much you talk about Rodney Howard Brown. Oh, well. You're going to hear the name Rodney Howard Brown and Jonathan Shuttlesworth a lot in this church. If you don't like it, lump it. Those are my two leaders. If you don't like it, lump it right out the door. He's already reserved the stadium in Cape Town, South Africa. That was built for the World Cup. It's his next April. I was sitting with him. I was sitting with him eating lunch. And he goes, "Are you you're, are you coming?" And maybe he didn't say that. He didn't even say, "Are you coming?" He says, "You're coming. You're coming with me." I'm like, and you know what that means? Uh, you're going with him. There's no option. I don't know if you know the guy or not. There's no options. But he's already reserved that. He's reserving 600 buses. He's reserving the train. So you're talking about millions of dollars. Why? To wage war. Those people have no idea what's coming. No idea the power of God that will fill that stadium. No idea. And that needs to be you and me. That needs to be you walking into the office. Listen, you can get to the place where you walk into the office and nobody can speak. You can get to the place where you walk in the office and people burst into tears. Doors swing wide open for you to lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. But you gotta be available. And if you're dead, you've gotta be resurrected. I'm not talking about whether you're going to heaven or hell right now. I'm talking about whether or not you wage spiritual warfare. Is this what we've seen out of the church? Where? Amen. Thank you, brother. (laughs) 21 minutes to go. Everybody good? Mm -hmm. 
21 minutes and we pray. Some of you get bothered by that. Listen, you don't see the faces. I know some of you are fine. You're like me. I can listen to preaching for three hours straight. I know. I'm like that too, but not everybody's like that. Okay, so there's the amens. There's some first. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The person who amen that is somebody who can stand watching three hours of preaching. I guarantee it. I see, I know it. I know. There she is right there. I know. I know. I can tell. I can tell by the spirit coming out of the amen. I'm telling you. I do. I have discernment. I know. But I tell, I tell you that because I watch you. I watch your faces. And I see when we've now disconnected. So I let you know. Well, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And now it's just 20 minutes. A minute has already passed. Is this warfare what we've seen over the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve from the church? Here, yes. Pittsburgh, yes. Tampa, yes. Alberta, Canada with Pastor Archer, yes. Tony Spell, yes. Greg Locke, yes. Other places, no. Absolutely not. You can't war and comply with the person you're warring against. Think about it in terms of real warfare. Oh, you're shooting bullets at me? Well, allow me to get in the path of the bullet. You're supposed to be shooting the person before they shoot you. That's warfare. Now, we are in spiritual warfare, so we're supposed to be taking demons out, not going in and putting ourselves in romantic hand, uh, hand-holding with them. Oh, you know what? You know what, you know what, you know what, Satan? I know that we're holding hands right now, but can we just intertwine our fingers? <laughs> what have we seen? What we've seen is vomit on the ground. Literal vomit on the ground. I know thy works, Revelation three fifteen and 16. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. You will love one and hate the other. You cannot comply with the one you're restraining. You are lukewarm. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert, I wish you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. We have seen that is the church in the modern world is all over the ground in vomitous form. They choose not to war. No one, no one engaged in warfare entangles themselves with the affairs of life. They don't entangle themselves with masked strings. They war against it. They take it captive. They cast it down. You don't comply. You don't step in the path of the bullet. But it's not over. In these final few minutes, I'm calling out. There's probably, usually we have between 200 and 300 people watching live. In the building today, we have 1,000. And I'm calling to the church. Listen, I'm calling out to the church. I'm calling out if you're watching this. I'm calling you to come to life. Because it's not over. I don't care if you're currently, you're vomiting on the ground. You know you are. I told you, I remember, I listened to this 
Ark Church pastor preaching. And he started talking about his heritage. He came from a Bible-thumping Assembly of God church. And in the midst of that, he started to cry. And I'm like, brother, listen to those tears. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Yes, half your church will leave. Let them go or get dragged down with them. Let them go. Go back to your heritage of spiritual warfare, of heaven, hell, repentance, binding, loosing. Go back. It's not over. Revelation 3.19, spoken to that same Laodicean church that I just preached to you from out of Revelation 3.15 and 16. Here's three verses down. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Revelation 3.3, the Sardis church. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If, therefore, thou shalt not watch, I will come to thee as a thief. Thief is not for you and me. That's for the world. You should know that he's coming. You should, you should sense the signs of the times and war against them. Those of you that are watching, come to life. Choose not to be offended. Come to life. <laughs> Revelation 2.5. The church at Ephesus. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works. Remember when you used to love Jesus. Remember when your yes was yes and your no was no. Remember when Jesus was alive and not some sort of life abatement. Remember when he was alive. Not some sort of theory. Not some sort of inspirational thought, but when he was alive. To the church at Pergamos, Revelation 2.16. Repent. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth, with the word of God. That's why all these churches have closed. It's God fighting against them. It's not Satan. They're doing, how, why would Satan go against the compliant, those that are complying with his demands? Why would you take them out? You'd want to keep them around and bring more people in and let them win, as, as Jesus said to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you wander to and fro throughout the whole earth, and when you win one soul, you make them just as much the son of hell as you are. Twice as much the son of hell as you are, is what he said. We want to keep those churches open. God is warring against them with the sword of his mouth, but it's not over to you that are watching. Share this with your dead church, because I want them back. God loves them. They used to do good things. At one time, they did good things. There was a time when the Methodist church was John Wesley's church. I want them back. I'm not giving up on them. I love those people. I wouldn't be saved without those people. I want them back. Revelation 2, 25 and 26, Thyatira church of Thyatira, but that which ye have already heard fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Yes. Power over the nations? See, I'm stealing this from Jonathan. It's not the time of the devil. It's the time of the church. Yeah. The real church. And I'm inviting all those that masked 
that vaxxed, that shut down, that are pushing electric cars in their churches for environmental reasons that don't exist. I'm inviting you to come back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be resurrected this morning in Jesus' mighty name. It's our time. It's not the devil's time. It's our time to flourish. It's our time to enjoy life. It's our time, not the devil's. Revelation 2, 26 and 27. A lot of Bible verses in this church. Yeah, that's right. And he that overcometh, this is the tail end of what I just preached a minute ago with another verse added on. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And as, as vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. It's our time. They can't, listen, they can't stand in the midst of the power of the Holy Ghost. They can't. Jonathan, at one of his crusades recently, had a transgender protest going on. Half of them left because they can't stand under the power, and half of them got saved. They can't, they can't stop us. They can't stop us unless you comply, unless you're embarrassed, unless you hold back, unless you comply and say what they tell you to say, unless you comply and pretend. I'm not pretending. For a world that is upside down, you and I are called, called to turn it right side up. Yeah. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. You and I are to turn this world right side up. Yeah. We are not called to stand by. Listen to what you're called to do. 11 minutes to go. Everybody with me? You are. This is the most engaged this church has ever been is in this room today. I'm telling you. And don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. This is a very engaged church. Very engaged. This is the most engaged you've ever been right now. This, this, is, this is catching on. Here's what you're called to do. More Bible verses. Who cares what Tom thinks? Let's go to the Bible, man. Come on. Proverbs 24, 11 and 12. Rescue those. Who are being taken away to death. To those who stagger to the slaughter. Oh, hold them back from their doom. We're not to comply. We're not to hold their hand to their doom. We're to hold them back. How then? How then can they call upon the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? If you claim ignorance and say, see, we did not know this. Just like all the Germans said, that they didn't know what was going on in the Holocaust. Edward Dowd from BlackRock has come out and said that 800,000 Americans have already died from the vaccine. We are to hold them back, and this, that's bad enough. But hell's flames are far worse, and we need to hold them back. Come alive and go to war for them. 
who's in your life, go to war for them. Don't look for a, don't look for a worldwide ministry. Look for the people in your life. Go to war for them. Amen! An army of God! 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 Praise you, Lord. An army of the living God. Amen. Here's where I'll finish. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. The hand of the Lord. I'm going to try to do this without bawling my brains out. What has gotten into me all of a sudden? I'm talking to every church, even if you call me your enemy. I'm call, I don't call you my enemy. I call you my friend. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. The dry bones live. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he called me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very few, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can those bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord, I don't know. Lord, oh, Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. And say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. To a little boy in Charlotte County, in South Charlotte County, sitting in a funeral, you shall live! You shall live! You shall live! Dead man, come out of that grave! Dead man, come out of that grave! You shall live and not die. Call me crazy, I don't care. I put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied, there was a noise. A mighty, mighty rushing wind. There was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, <laughs> bone to bone, an army of God. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. To that little boy in southern Charlotte County, 
I prophesy. I prophesy to your breath. You come now in Jesus' name. Dead man, come out of that grave. Prophesy to the breath. My Lord, I just realized I've envisioned this. this was, I, I, I had seen this in a vision when I just preached. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. O breath, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet. Look at me, an exceedingly great army in Jesus' name. Woo. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord, today. Right where you are at, turn and face the south. Camden, we command you in Jesus' name to come back to life. We command you to come back to life. In Jesus' name, we command you to come back to life. You shall live. You shall be resurrected. Now, in Jesus' name. Now, in Jesus' name. Dead man, come out of that grave. Praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. And praise you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. You got that song? Get ready. You stay that way. Point that way. Come on, we're going to sing this. Point that way. You can point. You can shout. You can raise your hands. But I want you to talk to the grave. Yes, we're crazy here. Yes, we are. That's great. The world says that I'm crazy. That means I'm the smartest. Yeah! Hey! Yes. Hey. Come on.
just a moment. Look at me for just a moment. Turn back this way. I know it's aerobics at Foundation Church today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It's 1210. I just stopped preaching. There you go. I told you I'd be done at 1210 preaching. You got maybe 10 minutes to go and you're done. If you need to get right with God this morning, now is your time. On this Easter Sunday, 2023. By the way, I didn't even say that yet. So happy Resurrection Sunday. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need to get right with God, whether you're backslidden or whether you've never gotten saved, you already know it's you. You know the moment that I told you to bow your head. You already knew. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not going to send you into a classroom. I'm not going to do a thing to you except ask you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with everybody else. The only person that's looking for the raised up hands is me. It's between me, you, and God. If you need to get right with God this morning, right where you are at, stretch your hand up if you need to get right with God. I got you. Lots of people all around the room. I got you. I got you. I got you. Left to right, I got you. You can put them down. Those that raised your hands, pray this prayer. It's a prayer of repentance. A prayer of forgiveness. A prayer of salvation. Pray this prayer after me. The entire church is going to pray it with you. You pray it. You mean it. And you are saved. It's as simple as that. It really is. Pray this prayer. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus name look at me you're done simple as that thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message we hope that you have been encouraged and empowered if you would like to partner with us please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on give.